Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It's Sox on Tap post-game show here, coming at you after a White Sox. 6-4 victory over the Seattle Mariners, going 4-1 and one on the season. First time since 05, Steve. That sounds pretty good to me. Hey, yo, Johnny. I'm loving it, man. Just keep stacking these ones up right now. Get, yeah, start hot. Set the tone. Yeah, set, set the tone. Absolutely. They're playing right into it, and I love it because you, you do love setting the tone. You, you love being out in front of, uh, you know, uh, get in front of the card, I guess, uh, is the best way to put it, especially with all these injuries that are piling up. Um, we have more to discuss tonight, but we're not going to let that bog us down here first, Steve. We're going to talk about this win. White Sox able to get to Robbie Ray, reigning Cy Young uh, winner in the American League. So um, we'll get to all that. But before we do, listeners, make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Give us a follow on social media at Sox on Tap at ONTAP Sportsnet. And most importantly, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so that way you can jump in the comments here and we'll feature them here. Uh, yeah, like Kirk Zappa. We love good mashing, boys. Absolutely we do, Kirk. And we're about to get right in there. We got uh, Matt, good friend Voodoo, X07. Set the fucking tone. Right on. Right on, Matt. Love it. Um, Steve, let's get into it. White Sox uh, explode offensively. Uh, you know, 10, 10 hits off of Robbie Ray here. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. It really was. You, you love to see a continuation of the quality at bats that this team is really putting together here to start the season through the first five games. You go back and you look at a year ago when Ray won the Cy Young. He had two separate outings against the Sox. Had, I believe it was 12 and 14 strikeouts collectively um, in those two games there. Really, they were on him from the outset of, of this game today. Just hitting absolute fucking piss rods right out of the shoot here. And the, the quality at bats, they just continued throughout the course of this game. Um, he got a little bit locked in, I want to say maybe around the uh, fourth, fifth inning or so, but then they answered back. Um, we're going to talk about that later here, but again, just continuation of quality at bats. You love seeing this happen. Yeah, right. Let's stick with the theme of offense. Obviously, first start for Dallas Keuchel tonight, so we'll get into the pitching after. But I want to talk about um, the White Sox' ability to hit Robbie Ray and hit him hard. Um, that, that was a big theme. And obviously, we have the big bops that came later in the game, the back-to-back shots that eventually chased Ray, uh, courtesy of Tim Anderson and then Luis Robert. Um, those were very nice. But even the, even before that, we saw some doubles, uh, some singles, even some ground outs that were just absolutely smashed, Steve. How were they able to do it? Just going up there and being aggressive early in counts. They know, obviously, you don't want to fall behind 0-2, 1-2 to Ray to allow him the opportunity to put guys out with that wipeout slider. So going up there aggressively in the zone. We saw it was a pretty wide strike zone, uh, particularly inside to right-handed hitters, about an inch or so coming off the plate. It was going both sides there. Dallas Keuchel was able to take advantage of that as well. So Sox did a really nice job of adjusting their approach offensively here, being mindful of that, and really attacking Ray and allowing themselves to get, again, into quality hitters counts to do damage. Would one might say that they set the tone against him? I think one could definitely say that, my friend. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a great breakdown of, uh, you know, how they were able to get to him here. Let's run through a little bit of the storing already already down one. Oh, we'll get to the reason why that was when we get to the pitching front. But uh, we're talking White Sox offense here. So Eloy, first bomb of the year. Let's not talk injury yet because that'll come with the news section later. But first home run of the year. um, That's setting the tone right there, too. (laughs) You know, I think I heard someone tell me one time that ball go far. Team Team go go far. Yeah. I'm as always. I'm working to confirm, but it seems as though that's a viable and winning strategy. And Eloy's a guy that has fallen prey to a number of circumstances and and lapses throughout the course of his career. I would say in the last year or so, where he's just beaten the ball into the ground too much. So, and it's funny, Steve Stone, prophetic, doing that thing that he likes to do. Talked about it's only a matter of time until Eloy starts elevating the baseball. Two pitches later, tie ball game, 449 feet. Let's go. Right. You talk about uh, Eloy uh, kind of hitting the ball into the ground for stretches last year, even the beginning of this year. And um, I will say, though, it wasn't totally unproductive because he has had, as our guy Sox Insane pointed out during uh, now after the home run, Eloy has driven in a run in every single game uh, thus far this season. So you love to see that. Um, so even when he wasn't getting the ball in the air, but now he has. And hopefully this injury won't uh, keep him sidelined too, too long. He is day to day. That's his status here. But we'll get into the reason for that later. Uh, talking further through this Vaughn singles uh, angle walks, Harrison moves him over um and then we get jake berger absolutely smashing rbi single good to see him uh stepping up filling in uh, with you on mancata on the shelf to start the year this is one of the nice things about jake berger is you have what i believe to be a competent major league ready replacement option in the event that your mancata is shelved for a period of time as he is right now and berger has stepped in similar to what he did last year and he's not really missed a beat and he's looking like he is not overmatched and uncomfortable at the major league level and that's really all you can ask for he's going out there and he's equating himself very nicely and that's a friend of socks on tap a former guest on this show jake berger i might add yes great to see him uh in the lineup and doing productive things early on while uh the white Sox are dealing with a plethora of injuries that only got added to tonight but uh further than that uh Tim Anderson, man, uh, talking about setting tone, igniter, spark plug, whatever you want, whatever term you want to use for him. Uh, lightning rod, I think that's another one too. Um, at the top of the order, he comes through uh, with two RBI uh, double to really crack this thing open uh, in the bottom of the second, making it 4-1 here. Um, you know, Johnny, one, one, key, one key thing I want to talk about here and something that's not going to show up in, in the box score here. So the, the RBI single that Jake Berger had, um, the, the piss rod that – J.P. Crocker wasn't able to feel cleanly. One of the yep. key sequences right there was, and, and this is something that didn't really manifest itself today, but if this continues throughout the course of the season, Josh Harrison getting a fantastic read on that ball, understanding the ricochet, understanding the angle of, of the ball going off of um, Crawford's glove and advancing, getting that 90 feet. I talked about this at length last year, being able to take 90 feet at a time. That is the type of thing that is the difference in winning playoff caliber baseball games right there. And Harrison has shown on multiple occasions here already in his five games in a white side uniform. This is a, a very heads up smart baseball player that has good solid instincts on there and they were on display here again tonight yeah that, that's something that you had preached uh, a lot last year and that was taking the extra 90 feet when you can and obviously great to see a guy like josh harrison fitting in with uh both he makes some of the swaggy plays we saw that little flip to tim anderson there so he does have a little flair to his game the celebrations when he you know got third uh in the game saturday i believe at detroit so that's all good but it's not just that he, he's not just the flair and the flash uh he's a smart baseball player so i like that you bring that up that's a good point um as we get in top of the fifth uh that's when the mariners 
would start to mount a comeback here, eventually making it four to three um, after a string of hits there. Uh, that's when Dallas Keuchel, uh, I kind of expected. Can't, can't say that I'm entirely shocked of what happened here, but this would be the end of Dallas Keuchel's run here. So uh, let's talk this before we get into how the Sox add their final runs. Dallas Keuchel, first start of the season. Uh, what did you see from him? The biggest thing up until uh, the latter innings of this game is he was working ahead consistently in counts. Stone talked about this at length on the broadcast tonight. One of his biggest issues in 2021 was falling behind in counts consistently, walking too many guys. And when you're a guy that doesn't have overpowering stuff the way Dallas Keuchel doesn't at this juncture of his career, you have to work ahead. You have to pound the zone. And he was really taking advantage of the first couple of innings here of that expanded zone off the plate uh, to the right-handed hitters, and that was really allowing him to bury that cutter in on the hands of the Seattle Mariners hitters. And so he really went out there, I think, had a very strong game plan out there. Uh, That third time through the order, you know, fifth inning started kind of falling behind a little bit and then kind of got uh, babbipped a little bit with a couple of, of, you know, soft little dinks in there. He was able to pitch his way out of it there, leave with a 4-3 to lead. All things considered, he went out there, he gave this team 15 outs tonight, allow them to leave with a lead, turning it over to the bullpen. If you get that with consistency and with regularity from Diamond Dallas Keuchel this year, I think Sox fans collectively will all feel a lot better about it. I agree a thousand percent. And uh, you're going to hear some of these NWI Steve uh, preaching moments in on the base pass, extra 90 feet, and then the 15 outs uh, for these pitchers, especially with how beat up we are uh, due to injuries and whatnot. So um, yes, I agree. Uh, overall solid outing from Keuchel, five innings, six hits, three earned runs, uh, no walks, which is always nice to see five, K's he had like two or four through two innings uh, and then obviously the one home run uh, early on uh, in that first inning to France but um, overall I think White Sox fans uh, and the White Sox themselves Ethan Katz Tony Lursa can all accept this uh, and be satisfied with what Dallas Keuchel gave them tonight so um, let's move on another highlight in the top of the six Adam Engel out in right field robbing a home run from Jesse Winker Um, this guy is a professional at that he is just a human highlight reel at the wall there, uh, bringing balls back into into the park. We saw this, uh, I think it was 2019, he had that week where he did it three times, and we just see it so frequently with him. He is so comfortable out there. He understands his surroundings. He knows this ballpark, where he has to be at all times, how to position his body appropriately, and timing his jumps. That's one of the toughest things that we've seen from Luis Robert at this point here. So um, to see Angle be able to go out there and do that again, I mean, that's a huge, huge way to pick up Kyle Crick there who thought that he gave up a game-tying home run. Right, right. Because uh, that's a big play at that point, like you would mentioned, would have been the game-tying run there, but it stays in the ballpark thanks to Adam Angle. Uh, you talk about Luis Robert there too, and I know Luis Robert has all of the physical tools to be able to do it, and you'd be able to figure it out eventually, but um, I would imagine playing that ballpark, there's probably a few pointers being shared uh, between him and Adam Angle uh, whenever they're going out there and venturing towards the wall. Yeah, uh, I, I would hope so. Certainly. I mean, Engel at this point is a veteran. He's been around for a number of years and anything he can do to give Luis Robert more tools in his tool set, <clears throat> look out. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's move on bottom of the seventh. And that is when the White Sox really put the icing on the cake in this game with a back-to-back home runs. Uh, Tim Anderson started it off, solo shot off of Ray. And then obviously Robert solo shot following up uh, right center. You like to see him go opposite field there. That makes it six, three Sox at the time. Uh, and obviously chases Robbie Ray from the game uh, ending. What was a, uh, you know, I wouldn't say 
terrible night for him, but obviously way, way, way less than ideal and obviously hit really hard. So yeah, it, by his standards, a terrible night for him, but it's great for us to hand it to him. I think all things considered, I, th- I think I saw a stat from Baseball Savant. I believe the Sox had 12 batted balls over 100 miles an hour tonight against Robbie Ray. So that just shows that they were seeing him well. They were picking the ball up early out of his hand and they were squaring him up with regularity. And when you see you know, T.A. going out there, being the igniter, stirring the drink, as he likes to do. And then the Luis show. I mean, it's something every night with this guy. Yeah, I'll, re- I'll reiterate it. For people that may have not remembered from last year, Luis Robert was built in the lab, and he also looks like um, those old mannequins that you used to see at Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, if you injected those with steroids, that's what Luis Robert just looks like as a human being, and that's with eating dominoes and doing uh, you know, wh- whatever he does. It doesn't matter because he's just so lean and cut and athletic. So I uh, love to see it. Second home run in as many days for Robert. Um, great to see him follow up. Uh, the obviously big, big shot that he had uh, on um, – uh, the home opener uh, on Tuesday, and then uh, obviously did it in the base pass then too. Uh, you know, th- this guy is MVP, uh, definitely going to be in the running uh, in that discussion when it's all said and done at the end of the year. That's that's why I talked about him in one of my season preview articles, and I said that if this guy plays 150 games this year, he's going to be top three in American League MVP voting, and we are seeing all the tools on display here this first week of the season. Yep, love it. Loved to see it coming from La Pantera. All right, uh, top of the ninth, Mariners did add one more back. Uh, I think some Liam Hendricks, a little bit of dramatics, but luckily not nearly as much as we have seen, obviously. Uh, the blown save in the season opener, uh, and then it got a little bit tricky as well in the home opener too. Uh, but overall, able to lock it down. Let's talk through the bullpen. White Sox won this one 6-4, but let's talk through the bullpen, Steve. Um, after Keiko, you we had mentioned Crick, uh, Adam Angle helping him out there, but then we also saw Jose Ruiz, Kendall Graveman, and finally, Liam Hendricks, takeaways from any of these guys' outings. Jose Ruiz looked like a different guy out there today, going out there throwing pitches with conviction. Um, he's a guy that has obviously been a little bit of a whipping boy uh, within the White Sox Twitter community. I know uh, Anthony, our, our fearless leader, is not the biggest Jose Ruiz fan out there. But if Ruiz can go out there and, again, just be competent, establish first pitch fastball command, work ahead of constant, give himself a posi- an opportunity to be able to utilize the hard-biting slider that he does have. Um, he can be a functional piece in this bullpen. And Kendall Graveman is just really coming out here, and, and that's really the definition of setting the tone when you come over to a new team right now, what we've seen from him to this point. Yeah, doing against his former team today, obviously there was that whole sort of kind of, not, yeah, I guess drama, you could put it, uh, with, with the trade that sent him from the Mariners to the Astros last year um, and with just how you know connected he was to the teammates. So uh, doing it against his former team, I'm sure he still has appreciation for some of those guys there, but hey, he is in black and white for the foreseeable future. So it's great to see him doing that um, in the, you know, on the south side here. Um, I like to call him Kendall Gravedigger. I think that's just, I saw, I've seen it a few times uh, on Twitter, but um, he has been stable, reliable so far. And I expect that to continue all, th- all uh, three of these guys in between Keuchel and Hendricks get the holds. Uh, and then Liam Hendricks locking down second save of the year. Um, Liam Hendricks, it's still, I'm still going to, you know, get nervous until he's like finally stringing together clean outing, Steve. Um, I know the pitch mix is probably what's driving this being way too fastball heavy. So you want to dive into Liam Hendricks at all, just real quick, and then we can move on uh, to the news and next game preview. That really is the the biggest thing here is the over-reliance on fastball utilization right now. So either he just simply doesn't feel um, that he has a, a strong feel 
for any of his secondary offerings right now, particularly his slider. We did see him flip a couple of breaking balls um, out there to get a strikeout in, in the ninth inning there, but he, he can't just go out there and be a one pitch pitcher. Um, I don't care if you are throwing 97, 98 at the top of the zone. If you don't have anything that you can have in the back of that hitter's mind to make them think, okay, you know, I can just sit 97, sit dead red all day. Um, we're going to continue to see some struggles out there. So it's imperative that he figure out whatever it is that is ailing him with that secondary offering right now. Right. A good breakdown of that, Steve. Uh, from a uh, negative Nani to Joyful Johnny, my uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde here, um, as soon as like I saw that stuff going in the beginning, he was worthy of a uh, Sopranos meme, uh, which I am uh, pretty frequent with, but it was fucking idiot. LOL, Liam, fucking idiot. Uh, that's what I had to do. But I had to do that because then guess what? Katz comes out, talks to him, they all settle down, and then guess what? He's starting to throw the slider for a strike when he comes back out. Probably just said, your pitch is good. This pitch is good. You know how to throw it. Just throw it, locate it, and he did so. Uh, no damage after that point, and uh, White Sox able to lock this one down. Steve, four and one. This feels good. I think it's imperative that these uh, this team stacks up wins right now uh, because the schedule is going to be a gauntlet coming up. You're absolutely right. I talked about this on our season preview show. Um, starting this last weekend of the month, when the Angels come into town, they have a 45-game stretch in which 33 of those games um, up until June 22nd are against playoff caliber contenders in the Angels, the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. So you're going to find out real quick what this team is made of. They're going to test their metal here. Um, hopefully, obviously, you get Lucas Giolito back in the mix at some point. You should have Lance Lynn back in the mix at some point, Yohan Mankata. So you should be, uh, you know, knock on wood, relatively close to full strength. And if they can just kind of weather this storm now, take advantage of the schedule here. These first couple of weeks, you know, teams kind of have that feeling out process. You could have quality teams that just don't get off to a great start. Take advantage now and stack these wins up. One one way I can spin this, it's not a, you never want to lose any players. You never want to have injuries. But one way I can spin this as a positive is they went through it last year. They have experience dealing with adversity. Tony Lewis has managed through adversity many times throughout his career. These role players, these bench players have stepped in when needed just out of necessity because the regular mainstays are not available uh, due to injuries. So um, that is at least one thing that makes me feel confident about this team um, is that they've been through it before. And I would imagine at least the early returns show that they can do it again. So um, you'll like to see that. Let, let's talk, since we're kind of uh, on the theme of injuries here, there were two in this game, unfortunately, and that uh, consisted of um, Eloy Jimenez leaving the game in the fifth inning. Uh, I would say a little bit precautionary because uh, this at-bat happened in the third inning. He fouled the ball off of his ankle, finished the at-bat, struck out there, but he went back out in the field, uh, went back out, played the field, and then he did not come out until his turn in the lineup came through, uh, and that is when Lurie Garcia replaced him. So uh, any major concerns here for Eloy? Um, at this point, no. You know, obviously we we got word that the x-rays came back in the end of I wouldn't expect to see him in the lineup <clears throat> tomorrow. Um, he'll, he'll probably get a day off here, and hopefully we'll see him back in the lineup on Friday when Tampa comes into town. Yeah, all right, that's what I'm hoping for, too. Uh, like I said, it seemed precautionary, but um, just have to give you the news here as it came through. Um, other than that, Josh Harrison left the game in the eighth inning due to lower back stiffness. I did not see the whole sequence. I, I heard Stone and Benetti after the announcement that Danny Mendick came into the game to replace him, that Harrison had came up maybe like a little bit like limp, not looking fully uh, 100% on a double play turn, but I did not see that. Uh, do you have any insight from watching that, or did you catch it? I didn't see it either, yeah. to tell you the truth. Um, you know, and anytime you're talking about a guy that's, you know, 34 years old, a cold, rainy night like that, I mean, 
fact of the matter is, I mean, yeah, it's it's conceivable that your back can stiffen up right there. Hopefully it is nothing significant here because Josh Harrison's done a really nice job through these first handful of games providing a nice spark to this team, both offensively and defensively. So you want to see him continue to be back out there. Yep. All right. Well, headband crew here has fingers crossed for both of those guys. We already know, we already have an outlook of what the other guys are, whether they're on injured list or still working through some things to come back. We have timelines there, but that this is the latest that we have on these two new injuries tonight. So once again, fingers crossed that it's nothing long-term here. So other than that, I guess in positive injury news, it's Lance Lynn seems to be ahead of schedule played catch. I know he said, Biggest challenge would be throwing off the mound uh, when he gets to that point. But, hey, this is good news. He was up on the field uh, out there for, uh, you know, lineup introductions, uh, roster introductions on uh, the home opener. So um, that's at least some good news. It definitely would be. Obviously, um, I think we're all anticipating not seeing him till June. But if he's able to get back quicker than that, that would certainly be a boon to the starting rotation here, given just the fact that they are shorthanded right now. And anytime you can add in a quality veteran arm like Lance Lynn to help take some of that load off of the bullpen here, that would be very significant for this team. Well said. All right, we are on to the next game preview. That is a series finale versus the Mariners. It'll be a matinee game uh, Thursday, April 14th, 1.10 p.m. first pitch on NBC Sports Chicago. It'll be Jimmy Lambert going for our White Sox and Logan Gilbert on the other side for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Steve, Preview, predictions, uh, whatever you got for me here. Yeah, Johnny, you know, <clears throat> first, my sources are telling me that the boys are going to be back tomorrow at the ballpark. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. I mean, well, guess what? A, a, a fraction, it'll, yeah, a fraction was hashtag back today as well with Mr. Tony on tap taking in that rain soak game. Uh, but, yes, the boys will once again be hashtag back at the ballpark for this Thursday game. And uh, be fueling up a little bit before, uh, fueling up both the uh, liver and the stomachs at Wings and Rings, uh, making our way over to the ballpark for this. Uh, Jimmy Lambert here. Um, there was a start out in Oakland last year. We looked really good. So that's at least what I have in my mind when I think Jimmy Lambert starting a game for the White Sox. I don't know about you. Yeah, if Lambert can just go out there, and I don't know that they're going to get much length from him, I almost feel like it's going to be a similar situation to what we see out of Michael Kopech. Uh, through these first couple of outings, if he can go out there and if he can get nine outs, uh, get through the batting order one time effectively, I think that would put this team in a in a little bit of a better position here. Um, going up against a guy Logan Gilbert, you know, highly touted prospect guy. Um, come, you know, he's come up and, and done a, a pretty good job for this Mariner team. Got a real nice fastball, hard biting slider combination uh, from the right side here. So Sox hitters, I, I just love to see him stay on that nice, consistent approach that they've had over the last five games here to start the season. And I think with a guy like Gilbert, um, he, he's the type of guy that has a slider that really breaks hard down and away from right-handed hitters. So seeing them kind of take that ball, let it get a little deep on them, shoot the ball into those right center field gaps like what we've seen from Luis Robert and Tim Anderson to this point, um, I think they can go out there and be effective against him. Right. Uh, White Sox have only had four batters uh, face Logan Gilbert all one time, and one of them is not – uh, you know, on the roster right now uh, due to injury and then Sio and Mancata. So uh, Jose Bray, only one with a hit here that leads into our picks to clicks. Who are you going with? If he is in the lineup tomorrow, I am going to take uh, Anthony's baby boy, Gavin Sheets. Yes, I like that. I like that. You got to figure uh, that may be the case of, as we saw them stack up against a righty uh, in the home opener with Gavin Sheets out there playing right field. Very possible. I like that pick, Steve. Um, I will go with another left-handed bat, um, and that's going to be Yasmani Grandal. Um 
it's about time for another bat drop. Uh, I loved seeing the one Saturday. That was a great one, but we got to build on that. Let's uh, start, uh, you know, piling these up, piling up those numbers like he was able to do when he returned from his injury last year. Uh, Steve, that's about all I've got for tonight's show. Final thoughts, then we can wrap this thing up. Let's go out tomorrow. Let's get a sweep, baby. Let's go. Yeah, going to be a great time at the ballpark uh, during the day. Uh, I would assume weather is going to be a little <laughs> bit more favorable than the uh, kind of monsoon. At it's going well, to be yeah. interesting. They're talking 50 mile an hour winds. So. Yeah, that, that'll be uh, something we'll have to layer up for. But um, I think we'll be uh, nice and, um, you know, uh, have a liquor sweater as part of those uh, layers as well. So uh, should be a good time. Uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in. As always, make sure you're watching the YouTube version, subscribing to ONTAP Sportsnet there. So you can come in and have your comments uh, featured here in the stream. Um, it's always fun to interact with you guys as we are talking through a White Sox game. So um, other than that, make sure you're following us on social media at ONTAP Sportsnet and at Sox on Tap. Let's go get a sweep, improve the 5-1 tomorrow, Steve. And that's it. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.